Is this the tip you need? Let's explore the pecan rule coming up next. Welcome to Happily Ever Active, where we crack the consistency code with fitness tips on motivation, mindset, and much, much more. Now, here's your host, author of Feel Like It, and the guy with the silent O, Kelly Dell. Welcome again to the show where each week I try to bring you fitness tips on motivation and mindset and thought-provoking questions to help you on the mental side of active living, on the mental side of your fitness journey. If you've been liking it, why not take a screenshot and share it on social media? I'd really love to see that. For this week now, let's keep the good times rolling with a topic I think can be a game changer when it comes to creating a strong relationship with exercising. A relationship that is enjoyable, healthy, of course, and most importantly, sustainable. So today I'm going to be talking about a psychological principle called the peak end rule. And I brought this up in my bonus episode this week where I recalled my Ottawa Race Weekend half marathon experience and how I was applying it during that run. And so if you haven't checked that out, go back and you can kind of get into my mind as I undertake something for the first time, something challenging, very challenging for the first time, and how I integrated a few of the principles, a few of the practices that I've been talking about on the show so far. And one of them, of course, is the peak end rule. And that's what we're going to talk about today. I believe understanding it can really help you in how you first manage the intensity of exercising. And secondly, reflect on experiences after they are done and why even reflecting at all in a certain way is important. Now, what is the peak end rule? According to Chip and Dan Heath, they're the authors of The Power of Moments. They explained it in this fashion, and I quote, when people assess an experience, they tend to forget or ignore its length. Instead, they seem to rate the experience based on two key moments. Number one, the best or worst moment known as the peak, and number two, the ending. What's indisputable is that when we assess our experiences, we don't average our minute-by-minute sensations. As it happens, we don't judge an experience based on its length. That's what they're saying. Researchers Daniel Kahneman and Barbara Fredrickson labeled this duration neglect. And really this means that our impression or memory for an event like a bout of exercise, a race, uh, workout at the gym, a class, our memory or impression of it acts like a snapshot, not an aggregate. And the presence of pain, for example, no matter how short, will dominate our recollection of the event going forward because of how intense it was. And so we tend to judge our experiences based on those peak sensations. In a classic study in this area, Kahneman and Fredrickson had study subjects put their hands in painfully cold water. Under one set of instructions, some people had to keep their hand in the water for an additional 30 seconds as the water was slowly heated to a warmer but still uncomfortable level. And under another set of instructions, they were to remove their hand immediately. Otherwise, both experiences were the same. The end, they manipulated the end. And most subjects chose to repeat When given the chance, they chose to repeat the longer experience because it finished less painfully. So sensation matters more than duration. That's really what this principle 
implies. That, in a nutshell, is the peak and rule. But enough of this geekery, let's explore how the fundamentals, the guts of this rule, can help you be a little more strategic with how you work out, which can in turn influence your motivation going forward. To really do this properly, I want to revisit the concept of mindset in general. A mindset is a set of beliefs or assumptions that lead to recurring patterns of behavior. It's like a a mindset is like a mental setting that prioritizes certain actions and reactions over others. The mindset that you have towards exercising, for example, directs the methods you take to get and stay active. And that mindset even directs the way that you exercise as you do it. And these methods and decisions, even on the fly, heavily influence your motivation going forward. Your mindset influences your methods, and those methods influence your motivation. Now, why? Because these methods and decisions affect how exercise feels. And our attraction to something is always based on how it feels, a feeling, a sensation, or a collection of sensations. Exercise experiences that are the most motivating are enjoyable, they're suitably challenging, not too challenging or overly challenging, suitably challenging, and self-directed, meaning that we, we feel in control of the experience as we are doing it. And if there's anything I hope for you now and in the future is to take more ownership of finding activities that make you feel the way you like to feel. And not only that, but to do those activities in ways that don't jeopardize that feeling, that you protect that feeling, that you protect that bond you've built with moving. And that's an important aspect of this whole thing, the long game, your fitness journey in the long haul. So again, mindset matters because it directs our methods and those methods influence our motivation because of how those methods make us feel. And for the most part, we're in control of the methods that we take. There are default settings though. There's a, there's a default setting about how we think we should be attacking fitness. And that comes from the fitness culture or culture in general that we're swimming in every day. Culture matters but we don't pay a lot of attention to it as we're swimming around it. Kind of like how a fish doesn't really pay a lot of attention to the water that it's in. And fitness culture, as you know, often does not reflect what research on motivation has been saying. And some of these things that I've brought up on the show have been clear in the research for not just years, but decades. And fitness culture just doesn't reflect it. But yet we consume the messaging and the imagery of fitness culture on a regular basis and are very accepting of it for the most part, even though when we adopt it for the, for most of us, it doesn't really work very well, at least not in the long haul. I really want nothing more for you, you out there, than to believe that how you feel matters to your loyalty. And fitness culture has been saying that willpower is the key to commitment above anything else and how fitness feels doesn't matter. It should suck, accept it. That's a still a still a very prevalent message out there. And and that's really that whole suck it up culture, no pain no gain, etc. You've you've heard it before, you've heard me talk about it. And a type of continuation of that belief is that exercise is about emptying the tank to squeeze every drop out of our bodies. To burn every last calorie we can. And another continuation of that, and this is a key part for me, that if you're enjoying it, you're not working hard enough or you're doing it wrong, which is just insane because that's not what the research says. 
Enjoyment is the top aspect of a sustained level of motivation and sustained behavior over time. So in the long game, this today's fitness culture in a lot of ways couldn't be more wrong. This is where the peak end rule can be extremely enlightening, a useful way of looking or approaching your next bout of exercise, whether that's a class or a run, a walk, a hike, a ride, whatever. Last weekend, I completed my first road half marathon and my immediate reaction having finished that half marathon would have been to tell you that it didn't go well. And I've said that to people that it didn't really it didn't really go ideally, let's just say. There were some very hard moments and several really. And the peak end rule explains that my natural bias would be or is to remember the peak, which was really rough for me, the peak intensity, and the end, which was actually quite enjoyable. And I'll talk about that a little bit later. My judgment of whether my half marathon was a good experience really draws upon those two parts, the peak and the end. By understanding the peak end rule, though, I can actually override the negative parts a little bit by consciously focusing on all the other amazing parts of that race, which were both physical and emotional. Despite the most intense part of the race being the pain that I felt with uh, uh, the cramp that I had in the arch of my left foot. Since that cramp was a unique experience and pretty awful for obvious reasons, it's easy for my focus. In fact, it's not just easy. It's I'm just, I'm inclined to do this. We are inclined to focus on these types of things. It was really like a moth to a flame and it was easy for my focus to go and be directed to that part of the whole experience. That's the bias we have as we recall or we remember events, whether it's relatively shortly after or into the future. But as I said, there were other motivating moments, like seeing my family out on the course or soaking up the positivity of the crowds, the funny signs. Even the first 10 kilometers were okay. They were actually pretty good, where I felt super strong and fluid as I ran. I really, the race was really a, two, uh, a tale of two halves, if you want to put it that way. And it's funny how the brain wants to overlook that part, that for the first 10 kilometers in particular and the end of the race, there were a lot of positives in there. The peak though, the peak intensity, the peak, you know, the peak intensity of the, of the whole day was clearly about a five to six kilometer stretch where I had some problems. The end of the race though, something we're basically preset to focus on was fairly positive. As I mentioned, I finished with a friend. I saw many friends in the final two kilometers and that really mattered, by the way, that really matters to be able to see those people. And we're talking like, uh, a thousand, a couple thousand people down the last stretch of road that was leading to the finish line, the last two kilometer stretch. And I saw my family for a second time. I also finished the last kilometer with a strong fluid stride even if my foot was less than 100%. So the end of the day, the end of the event was pretty good. It wasn't awful. It was pretty good. And for the most part, after completing a bout of exercise in general, if we're asked whether you feel like doing that same workout again, you'll make the judgment based on that peak intensity and then at the end, how it finished. And that determination influences our future motivation or the attraction to that type of exercise, for example, 
whether it is a class or a hike or a bike or something else. But in today's fitness culture, it is way more common to try and push our limits within a workout and find our edge of enjoyability or go even go over it and then finish by emptying the tank completely in a really intense way. And yeah, it feels good when you come down from that exertion. That's nice. But associating the best part of exercising with not actually moving, without, with not actually exercising, doesn't do your future motivation much good at all. Then you just start looking forward to it being done. All this means is that the most popular way of attacking exercise runs contrary to what the research is actually saying about motivation and sustainable fitness. And it's no wonder that then that so many people say their favorite part of working out is when it's over, right? And because culture creates this default mindset towards exercising and that mindset then creates our exercise methods or it sets up our exercise methods, we have to be a little more self-aware if we're going to change our histories or the patterns that we find in our history, especially if you have struggled with motivation and you're always at the precipice of dropping out or you're in and out, in and out, in and out of fitness on a regular basis and take big, big hiatuses because at, you know, at the end of the day, you don't really like it. Really, this means three things to me. And I reflected on them in my last episode, which was my race report ride along. So here's the three aspects of the peak end rule that I think you can start implementing this week. At least think about while you're working out in the next little while. Number one, keep the peak most intense moment of a fitness experience enjoyable, which means don't worry what others are doing. Don't go over the edge into pain, discomfort, and maintain a level of sensory pleasure. And maybe even think about making fitness or your workouts a little more social as social connection can be a positive, intense, emotional moment. So the sensation or the intensity of an experience has several aspects to it. And being social can help that. Number two. So number one was keep the peak most intense moment enjoyable. Number two is finish a workout enjoyably. That means really try not to push, 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 push to the finish and create a really rough end. Your mind is going to latch onto that. If it gets too intense, it's going to treat that information as one of the most valuable parts of the whole experience. One way to apply this and, and to extend the peak end rule a little bit into your workout is to tack on something enjoyable as your workout closes. So save your favorite part of the workout as the last thing, whether that's your favorite lift in the gym or something else that is enjoyable that still includes movement, not just resting or flopping on the floor, but includes movement so that you finish on a high, you know, to use that cliche that you finish on a high. And that also could be social. That also could be incorporating something with a friend. Okay, so number three is find the happy highlights. Treat this as another type of exercise, but for your mind. As you head home after your workout or your event or whatever, think about a couple of your favorite parts, even if it didn't go well. This will help you override that bias to let any negative moments influence your motivation going forward. I explained in my bonus episode this week of how there were a lot of things I could have fixated on that didn't go well for me. There was pain, there was heat, there were a lot of things that were happening. But 
as I explained before, there were all of these things, and and I'm going to say dozens and dozens of little moments that were so cool, not the least of which was, you know, being able to see my daughter on the course, and this is the first time she's really seen me run this type of race. It was meaningful to me to show her that you can have fun and be lighthearted doing something that's really difficult. You can do something hard and have fun at it, which is a great motivational state to be in. And so that was a really meaningful thing for me. And if I focused just on the cramp on my foot or how hard uh, four or five kilometers really were in the middle, I would overlook how awesome that moment was. And so finding those happy highlights will help you look back at that event fondly and give you more of an attraction to perhaps repeating that event or, you know, at least avoid aversive feelings towards it in the future. So if I'm thinking about entering a um, half marathon in the future, I'm not thinking, oh, how bad the last one was. I mean, some of the things that happened during that race were out of my control. I don't want the things that are beyond my control to influence the attraction that I have to that event or to that atmosphere or to the act of running itself in this case. So that's one way to do it is to find the happy highlights and and reflect on the things that you liked about the experience outside of the peak sensation. So the three things, again, to repeat them were, one, keep the peak most intense moment enjoyable. Stay in control of that peak intense moment as much as possible. Two, finish a workout enjoyably. Make sure that you have a little bit of a plan to, to make it an enjoyable experience at the end. And number three, reflect on the happy or the positive highlights beyond the end of the workout or the peak intense moment within the workout. And this essentially brings me to, as usual, the question of the week for you. How good are you at these three things? How well do you keep the peak most intense point enjoyable? Do you keep crossing over into pain and discomfort? How often do you finish a workout enjoyably or in a positive way? How good are you at picking out the best parts of a rough experience? Do you give this any thought whatsoever? Do you, for example, come home from the gym and think, wow, I really enjoyed my lat pulldowns today, or I really enjoyed, you know, the first 10 minutes of kickboxing class? Do you have thoughts? Do you give yourself the opportunity to reflect in that way, even if it's just a few minutes afterwards? So if you feel there's room to grow in these areas, You're not alone first off because it's not necessarily something that we think about, but it's not difficult. Again, it's not difficult to make adjustments. Being aware of the peak end rule in general will already be helpful. And sometimes I've said this before, sometimes just being aware that self-awareness is the big difference maker and the big catalyst to changes. And those changes might be like I hope today are just these simple little things that you can do. So I hope and I think the peak end rule can be super valuable in your fitness journey going forwards. And yeah, others around you might not or won't likely be implementing this concept. And so they might be telling you to do things that fall outside of this rule, that you should be pushing it, that you're leaving too much on the table after a workout. But again, this is your fitness journey. This is your fitness journey. And like I said, being self-directed, owning it, taking control, And I would say getting as much of the evidence uh, from the research on motivation and the mental side of, of active living on your side as possible is part of that. And just simply paying more attention to some of this stuff is a great start and a great way to kind of get that ball rolling. So let's try and take more control of that. 
Because remember, an active lifestyle won't take root without enjoyment. Now, next week, I've got a really fun interview with the hike addicts, Marianne Iveson and Vicki Castledine, and they'll definitely make you feel like hitting the trails this summer. Thank you for joining me today. As usual, follow the show on Instagram, and of course, until next time, here's to living happily ever active. This episode of Happily Ever Active has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more content on the mental side of fitness. Oh, and don't forget to rate and review the show. See you next time.